Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. A huge Happy New Year as we enter 2022. And I'm excited that you're still listening to the show. If you'd like to support us, you can do a couple of things. First, if you're an Apple user or you use Spotify, you can rate and review the podcast there to get us in front of more people. Also, you can use the support links in the show notes to purchase products, get a discount for yourself, generate some income for the show, or you can join the Patreon. And there's some cool stuff coming with the Patreon I will be announcing very soon. I know I've said it before, but this time it's really happening. So I'm just excited for all that's to come in this year. Thank you so much for being a part of this adventure. And on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I'm excited to have you here today. Once again, I say that every time, but I mean it. And I am excited to bring on today's guest, who has a story to tell and... A show of his own that we'll talk about and get you to know all about him. His name is Tony Reyes. Tony, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me on. Well, it's it's my pleasure, man. I'm I'm excited to get to talk to you. So let's let's dive into it, man. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. Oh man, I've got. I feel like I've got all kinds of qualifications. You know, um, I've been morbidly obese my, most of my life. I my heaviest weight was 406 pounds, so I feel like you know that that nets me as like a veteran in the fat guy game, and uh, yeah, I, I like I said, I, I've been obese my whole life, so uh, it, it's really just as recently as like the last three years that I that it kind of turned things around and, and uh, started my journey. Um, you know, I was that typical fat kid. Uh, I, I would say that I kind of realized I was a fat kid maybe in like third grade is when I started getting um, picked on a little bit and made fun of for my weight, you know, coming in last in PE, not being able to do, you know, whatever, pull-ups or sit-ups or running around the, the, the schoolyard without having to stop, that kind of stuff. Um, that's when I really, I, I realized like, oh, I'm different than the other kids. You know, I, I'm not, uh, I, I am the, I am the fat kid of this class. And especially because I went to a, uh, a school, we, we had like very limited amount of kids at the school. It was a private school and it was, man, it was brutal. It was brutal. Cause I stuck out like a sore thumb in more ways than one. So, um, you know, it, the, the bullying started then and then really amped up when I went to public school in, uh, in like seventh and eighth grade. And, you know, the, as the story goes, you just keep getting bigger and bigger. Um, yeah, like, I, you know, my my no, yeah, go go for you. No, I was just going to say, were you when you started to become aware of it, you know, as a kid, then was were you, you know, were diet attempts made like were was anything kind of put on you by your family or anything along those lines? Or was it more you were aware, but there wasn't really anything, you know, you weren't trying to do anything about it? No, we, you know, my mom was a nurse and very well aware of the dangers of being an obese child. Um, I also have had like six uncles and my grandfather all die from heart disease. So, you know, in the family, we're all like, oh, we understand what happens, but it doesn't really stop anybody because there's obesity is rampant in my in my family on both sides. And so. Uh, yeah, there were a lot of attempts made back then. I mean, I, re- I remember like, I don't know, I was, I, I don't really remember which grade, definitely elementary school. 
um, and I had to wear slacks. And that's why I know I was still in elementary school because I was still going to good old St. Timothy's. And I had to wear slacks at St. Timothy's. And so I remember being in like Mervyn's, if you can remember Mervyn's. Um, but I was in Mervyn's and my mom was like, okay, I'm going to buy you these pants, but these are the biggest size pants I can get you. So we really need to try to like, you know, I- I'm not going to buy you a bigger size. So we really have to like, you know, try to lose some weight. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, okay, uh, uh, I guess I'm going to have to do something, which clearly it never happened. And then I had to get bigger pants anyway. And I, I think I was like at a, a size 38. Um, and this was in like, you know, like third, fourth, fifth grade, something like that, which is crazy because I wear a size 38 now. Uh, and it's just like, oh, my God, I can't even imagine um, what what that's like. And I got the typical trying to try to bribe me, trying to help me. We're all oh, we're going to do this as a family. I mean, really, they did everything they could. They didn't know how to handle, uh, you know, having a child that was obese. And so, um, I mean, I don't know who does, but uh you know who, how to how to do that the right way, but yeah, man, a lot of attempts were made, a lot of attempts were made, and none of them worked. You know because I think anyone who's been on a on a weight loss journey, I feel like it's it's all kind of we're all kind of the same in that you can't make someone lose weight. Like you cannot, you can give them all the tools, you can give them all the knowledge, you can lay out a plan, you can buy them a trainer, you can buy them workout clothes, you can give them all the nutritional information, like every single thing you could set them up for success. If deep down in their heart, they don't want to do it, they will not lose weight. And that's just the way it is. And that's how it was for me as a kid. And so it was tough. Yeah, it was tough for sure. Well, think about it. Think about the things that we talk about on social media and that a lot of people in the weight loss fear talk about, you know, having a why, having a strong sense of purpose, setting goals. Like, how do you how do you talk to a 10 year old kid about their greater purpose and, you know, finding their greater purpose in life and external motivation and consistency and like all of these kind of like higher level concepts when really at that point they know, you know, food is good there there isn't that that ability to kind of make those connections and build those build those bridges so i think you're right i think it's it's something that was challenging back then you know even earlier when i was a child for my parents and even you know for all parents now there's no there's no one answer no no not at all and 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 like yeah you can't i didn't know what my purpose in life was back then the only purpose i had was like eating doritos eating beans and rice and playing Nintendo 64. Like that was my whole purpose, you know? So uh, fitness didn't really fit into my priorities. Oh, understood. And so it, like you said, as, as you transitioned into public school, bullying got worse. What were, what were things like for you kind of heading into junior high and high school? I had to learn really quickly that, um, you know, I couldn't fight. I, I couldn't, I didn't, I, I wasn't, I didn't look like any of the other kids. Um, I grew up in, in a small desert town and, you know, a, a lot of the kids were fit. So I was definitely one of the, one of the bigger kids, if not the biggest kid in my grade. And, uh, so I had to learn pretty quickly that if I wanted to defend myself, I had to use my words, which I got pretty good at. Uh, and I would, you know, make fun of other people. I would make fun of myself mainly and, and kind of take that ammunition away from them. I did a lot of self-deprecating humor. 
um, from an early age. And, you know, when you when you start doing self-deprecating humor when you're 12 years old uh, and you do that every single day uh, and, and you just like pretend to take pride in being the funny fat guy, um, it's tough. That is tough because you are just training yourself to be your biggest bully. And that is what I was doing every single day. So uh, I did def- I did definitely get bullied. Um, but, you know, I-, I would say that the my biggest bully easily was myself. And, uh, you know, I, I never really the only time I ever stood up to a bully was in freshman year. Um, th- this kid, uh, you know, was like, hey, uh, it, we were in the cafeteria and I had actually I had just dislocated my knee because of my weight. I was running in P.E. and um, was trying to like we were like playing a game or something and I turned and I dislocated my knee, which was also very embarrassing that I'm like having joint issues at this young of an age, you know? Um, So I was in crutches. I had a brace on my knee and this kid throws a sandwich at me and across the cafeteria yells, Hey, fat ass, have a sandwich and hits me with a sandwich. And it, and you know, everyone's laughing and I just like, (laughs) like used basically like all the rage that I had been saving up. And I walked over there and I shoved the sandwich down his shirt he stood up and punched me in the face. I punched him back. And it was like this whole thing. Um, but, you know, after that that fight in freshman year, I never I, – I didn't really get picked on during high school ever again, um, which was really cool. So, like, that was a, that was a plus. The, the bullying kind of stopped in high school. Um, but, you know, the bullying from outside sources stopped. The bullying from internally definitely, like, amplified because I just – that was my only my only defense mechanism. The only way that I could feel like people would like me is if I made fun of myself and made them laugh at my own expense. So you know, it's it, that's that's rough, and it does a lot of damage to uh, to your self talk, to your psyche, for sure. Oh yeah. Well, you repeat those messages enough, you start to believe them, and you, it, it goes into it starts to speak into like how you value yourself and what you value about yourself, and you know, you're not you're not picking up on the other cues that other people are as they're developing because you've got this defense mechanism that is, you know, is literally a defense mechanism. You know, it's like building a shield around yourself in a lot of ways that isn't doing you any good. Right. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that, that defense mechanism was high and it was thick <laughs> and, uh, and I, yeah, I don't think it really, I don't think it really went away until like, you know, like my mid twenties. So it was like from basically like 15 years of myself, just really laying it on thick. And it was finally like in my mid twenties where I was like, okay, some like, obviously something's wrong and I can't, I just kind of accepted that I was going to die early and that I was just going to like, you know, you know, I'm going to have a heart attack like my uncles, like my grandpa. And I'm just like, maybe I'll make it to 40, maybe. Um, but by my mid twenties, I had already had, uh, I was pre-diabetic. My, my kidneys were shutting down. I had high blood pressure. I was, you know, over 400 pounds. It was just, it was not looking good. Every doctor visit was like the worst thing ever because all they could talk about was how, 
you know, I needed to lose weight and I just didn't want to hear it. And, uh, yeah, man. So it was, you know, a long time of, of being really brutal with myself. And do you think, was it that acceptance that basically kind of carried you through to that point? Like that, that acceptance of, of your mortality, you know, that you were going to die, that it was something that quote, you know, quote unquote ran in your family. And cause I, you know, for me personally, when I, when I went through a similar experience, you know, when I went through that place of, I just, you know, I'm not going to succeed. I'm just going to put the weight back on. I'm going to die. It's, it's what's going to happen. Let me just enjoy the life that I have. There was almost this like eerie peace that came with it where it, you know, any other person hearing me talk about it, like, especially when I started talking about it on the internet and on, on my podcast or like, you know, I feel so bad for you and all of that. And I'm like, well, when I went through that myself, it wasn't a shocking thing. It was more of this kind of centering experience for me where it was like, okay, this is, this is the destiny that's laid out for me. Fighting it hurts. Fighting it is hard. I don't want to do that hard thing. So like, like I said, there, there was some peace to it. Like, was that your experience or was it more denial? Like, where, how do you kind of like describe what that, that especially heading into, into adulthood with it was like for you? I feel like I went through stages of denial and acceptance when I wanted to um, just when I was just, you know, gaining weight, when I was in a stage of gaining weight, I was in denial and I was thinking everything's fine. I don't care. I'm fine. Um, and then I would get to a point where it'd be like, OK, I want to lose weight. And then I would try to lose weight for, you know, uh, a, a month or so. And then I would fail, I'd fall off. And then I would just go through a period of acceptance. Like it is what it is. I tried. I've tried a million times because I, I mean, like, like I said, I've been trying to lose weight since I was like, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. I've done it all. Atkins, South, uh, South Beach, um, Nutrisystem, uh, you know, whatever, all the, all those diets out there I, I, I did. Um, and, you know, none, none of them stuck. And so I would just go through times where I was just like, okay, then it is what it is. I'm just going to like eat what I want. And I'm just one of those people that is going to be a fat guy. Even though internally I knew deep, deep down, I knew there was something else in me. Like I was meant for more and I was meant to be someone else. Um, I, I, I guess just like subconsciously, I was afraid of the work that it was going to take and the, you know, the complete lifestyle flip. I was, I mean, I was just going to have to basically rip out everything of my past life that I, that I was, cause everything that I, that I was, was attached to was like an unhealthy thing. I was just very, very unhealthy back then. And, uh, yeah. Well, so I, you know, I don't think it was like, man. it was all over the place. I feel yeah. Like. And what was your life like then before you made the decision to, you know, to kind of really start this, this journey of change? Like, what was your life like? What was your relationship with food like? You know, what, how would you describe that to, to someone who's listening? Well, I, and I, I don't want to come across like I have everything figured out now because my relationship with food now is still not great. <laughs> you know, I'm still absolutely a work in progress. So it's not like, I feel like a lot of times with like before and after pictures, people are like, oh, wow, he was absolutely unhealthy and now he's perfectly happy and everything's great. And, and it's not like that at all. This is a constant, constant struggle. And so 
a lot of the issues that I was dealing with back then mentally, I still struggle with every day now, but I'm just able to overcome them and I'm able to talk myself out of those, those, those issues. So what my life was like back then was, you know, like in college, I was living with my roommate and my roommate and I both put on like, I mean, maybe like a hundred pounds when we, when we moved out, we were, we were big. I was, it, my weight has always kind of fluctuated. Um, but I really, that's when I was really hitting those bigger numbers and, and, and going over 400 pounds when I, when I lived on my own, you know, I remember there was times where we would just, we'd each get a large pizza and, uh, a, a, you know, two liter of Coke. And we would just each sit there and watch movies, play video games and eat our own pizza. It was crazy. I mean, we were gorging on food. And then after that time period, and during then I was also, you know, drinking a lot. Uh, I was uh, just, you know, the, with the friends that I had, that's what we did. And it was just like nonstop every, like, like every other night we were drinking. It was just like, it's just so, so unhealthy. Um, I was smoking cigars. I would smoke an occasional cigarette, but mainly just smoking cigars. And it's just, you know, it was just none of the things that were good for you. Like, that's what I was doing. Uh, and then it came time where like I had, you know, been dating my wife for a long time. Then we, we, we got married. And after that, um, you know, like drinking stopped drinking at least lessened, but my food went up a, a lot. My food intake went up a lot. And the other thing that I was doing and that, that I've done my whole life is a, uh, I have a binge eating disorder. And so, um, you know, I was doing a lot of binges. Um, and, and I, and I would, I would always hide them, but there was like, now that I was like living with my wife and wanting to like, you know, impress her, I would never want her to see me have a binge meal. And so I was hiding it a lot. And so not only was I doing something negative to my body, I was also doing something negative for my mental state because I was hiding something from my wife. I was lying to her constantly about food and about why I was taking so long to come home because I was, you know, going through drive throughs and sitting in the parking lot and eating food. It was like, it was, it was madness. It was madness. Uh, and this lasted for, I mean, a decade, you know, of me, of me doing this. And so what brought you to the play, the point of making change? Was it a culmination of factors? Was there, you know, for some people there's a triggering incident, like, when you tell that part of your story, like what, what brought you there? I mean, I had always had the desire to lose weight. I knew, like I said, I knew that there was something else inside me that, that wanted to come out that I, that I felt like I could be more than I was, but, um, I like had no real follow through, no motivation to like actually get there. And so the thing for me that really changed everything was having my son, uh, writer, you know, when, when he was born, it was like this overwhelming amount of responsibility that I felt on my shoulders and like, you know, uh, the relationship I had with my dad there's been good times, bad times. We've had it rocky. Now it's great. But like there was a lot of, you know, issues in the past with, with my relationship with my dad. And so I wanted to learn from that and, and take those lessons that I learned from that relationship with my dad. And I wanted to improve upon that for the relationship with my son. And I just thought like, 
what kind of dad am I going to be if I can't run with him down the street, if I can't play with him at the park, if I can't keep up with him, if I can't, you know, and, and the other thing that I, that I had, like, I, I would have this, this constant nightmare that, um, he was like, I, I would have this nightmare that he was older and I went to go pick him up at school and the other kids would make fun of him for having the fat dad. And, like being like saying something like that and i remember like this this night i would have it like <laughs> weekly and i was just like i cannot have this happen this is like that would be the worst thing that i could do to my son is have him be embarrassed of me like i don't know <laughs> i don't know if i could mentally <laughs> handle that and so uh yeah man that you know that was a huge huge motivator and so uh, i uh i had read this book uh, can't hurt me by David Goggins. And that book literally changed my life. Um, it, it lit a fire under me, like nothing has ever before. And when I finished it, i looked at the calendar and I realized I was a hundred days out from my son's first birthday. And so I thought, okay, let's do a hundred days. And I want to lose 50 pounds by my son's first birthday. That was the goal. Um, and you know, I was like, for a hundred days, I, I'm going to work out six days a week. I'm going to meditate every day. I'm going to drink a gallon of water every day. I'm going to hit my my macro goal, hit my calorie goal. I'm going to have no cheat meals, no alcohol, no like not. I'm not even going to sniff a cookie. You know what I mean? Like, just went absolutely cold turkey. Um, and it really was like cold turkey for me like i my last binge meal was at this donut shop that's just down the street from where i live right now dk's donuts i had a, a dozen donuts and then two days later i started the 100 days uh so it was really abrupt and i don't really you know now that i'm on this side of it i, I wouldn't recommend that for everybody right because it's it's very extreme and very just like so much to take on all at once, but I truly felt like I was at the end of my rope. I felt like I was so close to having serious health issues. I mean, I already had serious health issues, by the way, I forgot I meant to mention I had really bad sleep apnea. So I was stopping, like I would stop breathing in the middle of the night. And I thought like, dude, if I die in the middle of the night and Meredith wakes up next to a my lifeless body because my lungs can't handle the pressure of my fat like that's crazy and like i am behaving so selfish selfishly because like because what well, i want to go have donuts and now my wife has to deal with raising a kid by herself like and now my kid has to grow up without a father all of these things were piling on i was like there is no there is no like gray area here. There's no like, oh, I'm going to dip my toe in the in the water. I was like, this is black and white, do or die, life or death. I have to do this right now and I cannot look back. And that's exactly that's exactly what I did. And and that's why I think it is extreme. But in those circumstances, I, I didn't know what else to do. And I just needed to go all in. And uh, yeah, man, that's that's what happened. Well, went, think about like, yeah, like and like you said. My, my brain's farting for a second, but that idea of that intensity, like 
yes, for some people it can be too much, but I, I do think there, for some of us, you reach that point where you know that if you don't give that intensity, you're not, you're not going to get the momentum going that you need to get to the place that you need to get to. And you've got all these other things kind of piling up in the meantime. So it, it, it makes perfect sense to me that that feeling's there and that sense of urgency and that sense of, I need to do this now. And, you know, so you were, you were, you were off and running then, man. Like, what was that first hundred days like? Um, it was extremely hard. I, I definitely had some like, um, withdrawals, I guess, like from sugar and from alcohol. Like I, I wouldn't say I was drinking like by no means was I an alcoholic, but I was having like, you know, wine every other night with my wife. I was having cigars. And then if I have a cigar, I got to have a glass of whiskey. One, one whiskey turns into, you know, maybe two. And it's like, oh, we're getting a little loosey goosey on the weekends. And it's like, just like, just so much extra that I'm putting into my body. And so to just literally stop everything and just go to drinking. I, I literally, for those hundred days, I drank water. I drank tea and black coffee. And that's it. Like I was militant about it. And so I would say the first 45 days were the worst. It was, it was, you know, the first week's always exciting, right? Cause you're like, yay, we're doing this thing. We're living our best selves. And then after the first seven days, you know, day eight to day like 40, 45 were, was literal hell. Like it was, oh, I was working in LA at the time. And it's like, oh, I have to wake up at 4 a.m. if I want to work out because I have to get to the gym by 4.30 so I can get home by, um, you know, 5.45, 6, shower, change, be back out the door by 7 so I can get to LA by 9. And it's like, oh, it's really, it, then it really stacks up on your and you're like, oh, I have to do this six days a week. And I can't go up to my usual comfort place like Jack in the Box and Wendy's and in and out I can't I can't have the the secret pizza I used to have at lunchtime. You know, it's like all these things. It, it really messes with you mentally. So in those hundred days, or at least in those first 40, I feel like I really learned a lot about how tough my mind actually could be and not just me, but like the human mind, like how like when you actually make up your mind and you decide you make a choice to change your life. You are capable than so much more than you thought. Cause in the past I would, I would think there's no way that I can do like, I maybe, maybe I'll do like one cheat meal a week. There's no way I thought I can do this for a, a full, a full hundred days. And so when you, when you actually do make that choice to go all in, um, I really surprised myself in those first 40 days, even though it was hard, I, I showed up, I did not miss a single workout. It just, I, I did all the things that I said I was going to do. And then once I did that, the last 50 were a breeze. Like I I had learned by that point, I was like, oh, I feel different now. Obviously physically, but most importantly, mentally, I felt absolutely differently than, than who I was before. And so, yeah, I, I would say the beginning was was very brutal. <laughs> uh, but then after that, it's it's like I, I I locked into this relentless mindset that I did not care whose birthday it was, if there was an anniversary, if there was a wedding, I was going to hit my goals no matter what. And I was not going to 
give in or have any type of um, give and take in that. I was like, I, for these hundred days, I need to be a hundred. I need to put myself as the main priority, which I had not done ever. And I, 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 I did that. And it really, uh, it really changed me, man. It really, really changed me. Well, I believe, I believe it because there's something about approaching a goal like that with that intensity, you know, and making that kind of change because, you know, like you said, that first 40 days is really hard, but I think that's, it's during that time that you not only learn what you're capable of, but you also learn all of the different things in your life that you weren't being conscious about. You know, like you talked about the lunchtime pizza, like you start to learn, like when you take away those things, you start to learn what they meant to you, you know, and what you were using them for and, you know, how to, how to get through the hard times without all of those things that used to be there for comfort before, you know, and being able to prove that to yourself is, is powerful. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's incredible to be able to make that change and stick to it and to, to do it there. And when you see yourself having carried through that first hundred days, what, did you hit your goal? Like what was the end result of, of that period? Yeah. So the goal was 50 and I ended up losing 65 and it was very cool. I was very excited about that because I hit, I hit 50 pounds like, I don't even know, like 60, like 65 days in or something like that. And so I was like, I still have like a whole other month. Let's let's push this. Let's see what we can do. And I, you know, I just kept going. Um, and uh, yeah, so then I was down 65 and, and now to date, I'm down, I think I'm down 115 right now. Um, but, you know, it's not like I said, it's not all sunshine and rainbows right like the this journey has a lot of ups and downs so that that all happened in 2020 um or tw i'm sorry 2019 is when i started and then after that i was like okay what's the next thing let's train for a spartan race so then i trained for a spartan race and did that and then i was like okay let's train for a marathon and the marathon was was huge and that basically took up all of my uh, headspace for, for all of 2020. And, you know, and it was amazing and, you know, like completing a marathon and like, you know, that was a, a life goal of mine. It was something that my past life, it was, you know, absolutely impossible. Like there's no way I was running a marathon at 400 pounds. So to be able to say I've ran a marathon was amazing. But then like after the marathon 2021, um, you know, there was like, there's a lot of injuries. I had to have surgery. I was in the hospital for a week and I, I let some of that, like some of that life, those life things that pop up. Um, I let that kind of take away some of that mental, that mental armor that I, that I built up and, you know, slowly over the course of 2021, before you even know it, oops, I had gained back 40 pounds and it's like, like it was just very scary to me how sneaky it can happen. And so that's when, it, you know, just uh, uh, this year has just been like me refinding that that fire, relighting that that uh, that journey. And, and just up until like recently, have I really felt like back in my groove? Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about 2021, if that's OK, because I, I think you're right. I think people see before and after pictures and journeys, you know, the, the, the elevator pitch of a, of a person's journey online. And they think, 
well, that person had, had a straight line and they learned all the lessons they needed to learn and they took care of all those issues. You know, I'm sure you get this too. I get the, I get the DMs from people all the time that are like, just tell me that eventually I won't deal with these food cravings for food anymore or binge behavior or all of these things. Like I won't feel stressed out by food. Like tell me, tell me that goes away. And my answer is always, I, I can't tell you that because that's not how life works. You know, you get better at handling these situations, but you're going to have challenges. You're going to have things that, that pop up and come into play and behaviors like, especially, you know, having grown up, you know, as the overweight kid, you learn those behaviors that got you to 406 pounds over a long time. So they don't just go away in six months. They don't just go away in a year. They don't go away. I even think in two or three years, like I, I think it's something that, you know, takes that work. So what, what was it like when you started to realize that some of, you know, whether it's the old issues or behavior was starting to impact, you know, like, or even that deprioritizing of yourself so that you were able to kind of fall back into some of those places. What was it like for you when you had that realization that that's what was happening? Oh, it was devastating. It was devastating and, and, and like really rocked my mental state where previously I thought, I'm the guy that said I was going to do something and I did it. I'm the guy that does the relentless 100. I'm the guy that ran a marathon. I'm, I'm unbreakable. I'm untouchable. And it's like, Oh dude, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is this, this, if you take your eye off the prize, if you, you know, let this like kind of dawdle and you start getting a little lax with different things, uh, it's, you know, it, it's going to come back. Like this is, this is what classically I have done always is lose weight and gain it back, lose weight and gain it back. And I, 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 it was very scary for me, uh, thinking like, Oh, am I just gonna gain all this weight back? Like, is this, was this just like, you know, I'm going to look back on this like year and a half, two year stint as just like, Oh, that was the time I lost weight, but I'm, you know, back to 400 pounds again. And it was that, that, that the fear of gaining the weight back is one of my greatest fears. And so I could not allow that to happen. I, I just, I had to find a way. And so I feel like from January, cause I'd realized I had gained weight. I also stopped weighing myself on the scale. Cause I thought I want to have a healthy relationship. I'm not going to weigh myself. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, uh, then I went to go put on this Lululemon sweater. <laughs> I have this stupid, you know, two XL Lululemon camin, camo zip up hoodie. And I went to put it on and I was like, Oh, like it, I went to put it on in the fall. Cause I didn't wear it all summer. Cause you know, it's a, it's a hoodie. I don't need it during the summer. So I went to put it on, you know, in the fall and I was like, Oh wow, this absolutely does not fit. Um, Let's step on the scale because what's happening? <laughs> I didn't re I didn't really realize, you know, because I was working from home, so I'm wearing gym shorts every day. Nothing tight on me. I don't really like really notice it, but that sweater absolutely did not fit. So I get on the scale and I'm like, holy shit, I'm I've gained 40 pounds. Like I think it was like actually 45 at the time because I had gotten down to uh, my lowest was 250, right around about 250. And when I stepped on the scale, it was like 295, 296. And seeing how close I was to getting back to 300 was the scariest thing. Um, it just like I 
I had a, I mean, you want to talk about a meltdown. I I just came unglued. I, I had an absolute meltdown. I didn't know what to do. I, I was like, I, I just freaked out, man. I just absolutely freaked out. So, um, yes, you know, getting, getting past that took a long, it was a long process. And like I said, it's not until just like recently, like the last couple months that I've felt really actually back to closer to the old me feeling like, yes, I can do this. Yes. It, yes. It's going to be a struggle, but I have the tools built up mentally to get past those struggles. No, a hundred percent understood. And I I've been through similar things myself the past year or two. Like you, you go, when you make that realization, because as people that have been through it, we're, we're, we become conscious of so much more. And, you know, yes, while things can sneak up on you, there's a lot that doesn't. It's just it becomes that acceptable behavior. And, you know, when you hit that moment of, okay, this is where I'm at. And you, like you said, you know what you need to do. But getting from that place of doing, knowing, knowing you need to do it to doing it is a bit of a divide because there is something, you know, that pushes back mentally when you see those numbers changing, you know, the way those numbers have changed. And when you see it's like, well, I'm, I'm supposed to have been past this. You know, I did this. I'm, you know, I proved this to myself already. Why, why am I back in this place? You know, you question things and you start to go into that place of, of allowing some of those doubts that used to exist in the world back in. And, you know, it's coming through that, which is really challenging. That allows you to kind of see your focus again. And, you know, so I'm glad to hear that you feel like you're kind of back in that place of, of being focused and being in, on the track that you need to be on. Like, and I know yeah, it's something you share. Like, no, go ahead. I don't want to. No, I was just gonna say it's like you know I. When I realized that last fall, twenty twenty one in the fall, when I realized that I was like, all right, I need to get back to it. But I didn't like I I had like, you know, good weeks and bad weeks, and it was just up and down and up and down. And so I was really just kind of maintaining right about two two ninety five up to three oh two two ninety two ninety eight three oh two. You know, just all like just right around in there. <clears throat> and then it's like, you know, and, and all the while, like, I think what you're just going to say is I, I'm, I'm putting it out there, you know, I'm documenting this, I'm telling people about this and like, you know, being a, whatever, a weight loss person online, it's terrifying <laughs> to tell your community of people that who look up to you and who are like rooting you on to be like, Hey, I have had a stumble like i have you know fallen a little bit here and i've gained weight which is like the antithesis to everything that you're supposed to be doing in people's minds and so but for me having even the pl the small platform that i have it, i i have a very real responsibility in my mind to present the most genuine weight loss journey possible. So if I'm feeling good, I'm going to talk about I'm feeling good. If I'm feeling bad, I'm going to talk about I'm feeling bad. If I gain weight, I have to talk about the fact that I gained weight. And because I feel like too many people out there are going to hold themselves to standards that like, you know, I'm not hitting, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not perfect. And so if you think that you have to be perfect, because you see that before and after picture, like that's just not the case it's like even now i'm feeling good like i feel great right now 
But it's like, yeah, yesterday when my wife went to Red Robin, did I want to get a burger and fries? For sure. But like I was, but I I wanted to get it just because I just want to eat that thing. I didn't really, really feel like it. And, you know, I just, I didn't need it. Right. And it's, it's like, I'm at the, at the point now where I'm like, okay, if I want, if I really, really actually want a burger and fry, I can have a burger and fries. It's not the end of the world, but it's just being more in tune with what do I actually want right now? So, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is like that, that daily, that daily struggle of, do I really want this food or am I just like going for that quick fix or, or would I feel better? having that protein smoothie, having that salad, having the chicken, having the whatever, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's just a constant struggle. And that's, that's kind of what, what I've always has been very important to me to present online, at least in my online presence is to present that, that struggle and, and to present that honestly with, with the people who are following me and the people that are looking to me for advice or for, you know, whatever, inspiration, motivation, whatever you want to call it. But I, I think it's good for people to hear, you know, and it's been something, you know, I, I posted about it last week or the week before, you know, in terms of even personally being in that place of wanting to, you know, being in the fear of, of what people say and think and do and all those things and having to have that, you know, come to Jesus moment, you know, come to, come to Gourmet moment of, well, that's never what any of this has been about. And that's not what the journey is about. Like seeing the journey as something that starts and finishes has never been something I've said. You know, I've never said that you're going to hit a point and everything's going to be a hundred percent hunky dory. It's about what, what is the reality of what you're going through? And I think sharing that with people like you do allows them to then see, like you said, that it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to understand that different things are going to be struggles at different points. And will you stumble? You probably will. But when you see it not just as a constant struggle or a constant fight, but just as your life, you know, as this thing you're moving through and the things you need to keep in focus and, you know, the vigilance that's required to fight some of these issues, like it's almost again, it goes back to that place of taking the pressure off to say, I have to get to a certain point by a certain time. It's about I have to I have to live my life and be honest to myself and be honest to the people that I talk to about this so they understand because I, I think there's something to be said about that pressure that you feel like you're it's it's like you're you, you're from a small like you're from a, a small hometown and you're the person that makes it big and there's all these people that are watching you make it big and you know how many movies are there out there about that person failing spectacularly and coming home and having to explain to everyone you know what happened to them and you know it's usually comedy and hijinks ensue you know but life isn't like that like but it's it's at the end of the day though you're you're having to come back and say well, no, I face this challenge and, and this is what I'm doing about it. And I think it's that lesson. Those lessons are more important and more helpful because they are going to be the things that those people are probably going to face. Those same people going on their journeys, those same people that are looking for inspiration have to understand that every day isn't a hundred percent and that it's okay that it's not like, it's okay that things take time. It's okay that things evolve and change and grow and, and get to these different places. And when you look at it, like something I, I'm, I'm curious about is from your best perspective, living through it, what do you think, you know, knowing how you feel right now versus how you felt in the fall when you put that hoodie on and kind of like what you went through to get you where you're at today, what do you think was different about saying, you know, having that realization of, of what had been happening and what needed to change? What do you think 
presented the challenge to just say, okay, I'm back at it hundred percent the next day. Does, does that question make sense? For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like when you first start to lose weight and you've never been at your, like you, you've never felt that feeling of, oh, wow, I'm actually fit right now. When you've never been there, it's like, everything's like hopeful. Everything's like, oh, when I get there, everything's going to be great. When I get, when I get that goal, everything's going to be easy and I'm going to be fine. And like, I'm going to hit 250, I'm going to hit 225, or I'm going to hit whatever my goal weight is, and I'm never going to struggle again, and everything's going to be great. And you can just kind of like keep that carrot out in front of you, and you're always kind of like chasing that carrot. And But once you get the carrot and the race is over, and you're like, oh, damn, it's not over. Like I'm still – I still like uh, now I'm at the back of the line. I'm at the back of the pack. I've gained weight back and you just kind of know. Um, I, I was talking with our, our mutual friend, Danny Mabley about this. And it's like when you have already been there and then you have a, a, a big step back and you gain the weight back, it's like, it's almost more, it's almost harder on your mental state than being back at your heaviest. Maybe not. I, you know, and it's all perspective. Cause like, this is what, just what I'm going through now. So it's hard to remember my, my true mental state. I'm sure that's inaccurate, but it does feel that way for sure. Cause you just feel depressed. You're like, is this just really how it is? Like I post all this stuff online and I'm this guy. And now I've gained 40 pounds back like that. Is this just how it's going to be forever? And that feeling was a big struggle. And so, like, I guess for me, that was what was so hard about getting back into it because it was like I had almost just it almost just took my soul away. Like, I was just like, I have nothing left. Like, I already did my best and I'm back here. I already gave it my all. I already went all in. And now I'm back 40 pounds. I'm almost to 300 again. It's like damn it, when does this end? And and it's like, once you accept that it doesn't end, you just find new ways to deal with it, then you can start to finally get out of that cloud and get out of that depression. But that's what took me so long, was just trying to accept the fact that I'd gained the weight and that I was always going to have the potential to gain the weight. I just needed to figure out new ways to deal with it. And that's kind of where I'm at now. Like I said, still learning, still working on my relationship with food, still working on, on being nice to myself and not being my biggest bully. But like, you know, like anyone else, I have good days and bad days with that. Um, I at least feel more resolved uh, uh, when it comes to my nutrition and more resolved when it comes to really showing up at the gym and showing up in my meditation uh, and, and just like being, you know, being all around more nicer to myself is, is, uh, is, is one of my, my big goals now. And I think to me, when I hear you say that, like a lot of it, it relates to a word that you've used on the podcast already. And, but you use it in your, your content, you know, when you're posting and, and, a lot. And that's relentless, you know, that idea, because relentless isn't just about I'm relentless with my approach to food and exercise and all of those things. Like it's about being in that fight, you know, to take care of yourself and that fight to love yourself and not be your bully. And, you know, all of those things and showing that even with a stumble, you're still there, you know, you're still in this, like there's no, 
you know, it's it's almost like sometimes I want I want us to remove the words like on track and off track from our vocabulary. Like there's only one track, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's and it's what mm-hmm. things look like on that track at that moment, you know, and when you that's great. And, yeah. I, and I think when you try to and and for some and to some extent, I think allowing there to be an on track off track switch allows us to kind of enable the, the behavior that we describe as off track. Because you can say, well, I'm in that place. You know, that's where I'm at. Like, this is this is why this doesn't isn't going to change because I have so far to go to get back to the track. But I think it's when you realize that the track has never gone anywhere. You know, it's just your your ability to look down and see it is is what changes and what grows and and evolves in some ways evolves in good ways and sometimes evolves in bad ways and evolves involves like really learning what are the tools that I need right now? What are the tools I needed then? Because you know this as someone who was over 400 pounds, starting weight loss at over 400 pounds is, is way different at starting than starting weight loss in the high 200s, especially when you've lost yeah, weight already. Yeah. You know, like it's, yeah. a, it's a different thing. It's a different animal. You know, I look at like when I started my journey, I was worried every day about not waking up. You know, I was worried every day about dying. Like that was the urgency that was there to get me started. When where I'm at today I'm not going to die in five minutes. You know, I don't feel like there's a chance that I'm going to die when I go to bed at night. So that fire is different. So it's about kind of the purpose evolving and why I'm doing things and having to sit down and be honest with myself and, and all of that that you're talking about. That's just becomes almost more important because it's not as clear cut of a path that you need to follow. Like it's not as the fire isn't isn't at nipping as close to your heels as it was before. So you need to. To, to build up some of that fire yourself. Right. Right. And so, yeah, no, that I, I, I love that on track off track thing. I've never, <clears throat> I never thought about it like that. Cause I, I say that all the time. Oh, I'm really on track right now or I'm really off track. And, and I never thought thinking that way does enable you to be like, you just kind of embrace being off track and you're like, Oh, I'm going to be off track until Monday, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to be off track until the first, uh, I'm going to be off track until, you know, summer or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's really funny. I, I There is only one track. Yeah, that's a really great way to look at it. And I think and it's something I actually I've talked with. You know, I work with a lot of people that have issues with food addiction and binge eating and, and pieces along those lines. And we you know, one of the one of the real things I've learned over the past year through my own experiences and working with them is that in a lot of ways, because we have that sense of, you know, wanting to down ourselves, like be, to beat ourselves up and be negative when we do look at the circumstances we're in and what we've been doing and the behavior we've been exhibiting. And that self-flagellation, for lack of a better term, you know, I've really come to the realization that it just enables it to continue. It enables that behavior to continue because, well, if I've already screwed up, I might as well screw up a little bit more. Or, you know, if I'm going to go... It's, you know, and I know something that I've fallen into many times in my life, and I feel like it's something that one thing that I have gotten really good at is I'm no longer in that place of, you know, I make a misstep, you know, with, with food, and then it's immediately like, well, I'm going to be back on it tomorrow, so I better go as hard as I can tonight. You know, I better yes dude. use as yes. much of this time as I possibly can. And then, of course, and I'll say this, like, I'm going to say, like, when's the last time I feel like I really experienced this was probably 20, late 2020. You know, it wasn't just, okay, I screwed up on Friday night. It's almost like I set it up so I could screw up on Friday night and then say, well, let me go as hard as I can on Friday night. And then you you wake up Saturday morning and it's like, well, you know, I really could start again on Sunday. 
you know, starting again on Sunday, because if I get this, you know, I, if I do it today, it'll burn it out, you know, like that, that I think is the other biggest fallacy in the world that, that a lot of like, especially obese people that struggle with food relationship issues. We have this sense that somehow we can, we can burn out those cravings and those desires and all of that and that behavior and we can burn it out and then we're going to be ready to go again. And it's like, well, no, that's a, that, that battery instantly recharges itself. Like you, you can, you can go hard, you know, in the negative way and it, it doesn't take care, you know, it doesn't take anything away. Like it, it's really about, and again, it goes into that place of being on track and off track. And when you see that you're still, you're already on the track again, you have less of a reason to say, well, I can continue to go hard. It's like, well, the track is, is here. I'm on it. So why am I continuing this? Like, let me, let me, let me not give myself that permission. And I think it's in a lot of ways, those negative patterns and behaviors that we've developed o- over time, they, they're so, it's so easy for them to pop back in and say, well, you know, you could just do this for a little, you know, do it for another day. Or you really wanted, wanted the, you really wanted X, Y, and Z when you, when you went off and you didn't get to have that yet. So maybe go find that and find the perfect you know, the perfect quote unquote cheat meal and it's gotta be perfect. And once you get it perfect, then you can move back on. And it's like, well, no, that's it's, just continuing it's so to give funny that. how similar that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that is so funny how similar a lot of our thinking is in, in that and, and how those how how habitual all of our, our thinking is mm-hmm. uh, or how like structured it is. Cause I, I've had those exact same thoughts. It has to be the perfect cheat meal. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, that's so so funny. Well, I mean, I, I literally can think about when I was like, okay, I, I remember this very clearly. I was like, okay, I'm going to let myself get McDonald's tonight and because, you know, I used to be a Big Mac connoisseur and it has to be perfect. And I remember getting home with the McDonald's and they didn't do it right. You know, they didn't, my, I, I used to be with, uh, you know, I've said this probably 700 times on this podcast, you know, I was a McDonald's, I loved Big Macs. No pickles, extra mac sauce. And if I would get home and they didn't do the extra mac sauce, it was like I was disappointed. And then it's like, well, I got to find a McDonald's that's going to do this for me. So I'm going to still eat these big Macs that I bought because I have them. They're here. You know, I can't just I can't just get rid of them. Can't waste food. I I can't. And literally, I lived probably a mile from the McDonald's. Like I could have literally gone back and said, I wanted extra mac sauce. Can you just give me some? They would have. That would have been there. It could have been done. But instead, I'm like, well, let me go. I got to let me. And I literally would go into that place of, well, let me try the better McDonald's. You know, I didn't go to the good one. I went to the one that's kind of in my crappy neighborhood. Let me go to a good McDonald's and they'll they'll take care of what I need. And those are the, the, the <laughs> those are the thoughts that when you keep them to yourself and you're not putting them out there, that they can fester and grow and, and you know, kind of take you to really negative places. But you know, I, I think you're right too. Like when we share these things and that's what comes from you sharing your experience is someone else hears it and says, I thought I was the only person that ha- that went through that thought process. You know, I was the only, I thought I was, the, and, and that's why I created this podcast. You know, not every person on this podcast has followed the same weight loss plan to lose their weight, but it was more the commonality of the stories that I wanted people to be able to hear. So that person listening at home who knows, finds out that they're not alone in what they went through and what they dealt with. Yeah. And for me, it was, it was always, it was always a matter of letting those thoughts just be internal and not actually like, I have to like talk out loud to myself for me to listen to myself. Like if I'm just in my head, I'll just be in my head and like, I'll, I'll justify all kinds of crazy behavior if it's just in my head. 
But if I say it out loud, it's like I can actually hear how stupid it sounds and how crazy it sounds. And I can be like, okay, no, Tony, you're not doing that. We're not going to go down this road because it's not going to make us feel good. We don't actually feel like having, you know, pizza right now. We just want that that quick fix. Why? Well, what are we stressed about? Oh, we're stressed about work or this or, you know, whatever thing. And it's like ha- like literally talking to myself like a psychopath <laughs> out loud has really been helpful for me. Um, that and and I've, I've mentioned a few times meditating has been been huge for me as well. Um, just like helps keep me lo- like locked in uh, to, to my mental state. And that's that's been huge for me. Which brings me to a question that I have. And, and that's what are the things now that help you? You know, what are the things that you have learned on this on this path? You know, you started in 2019. We're in 2022. You know, what are what are the big lessons that you've learned that even are helping you now feel like you're on the path you need to be on? Um, for sure. Like working out has helped uh, tremendously. I love going to the gym like that. Like that is not the struggle here. Sometimes there's a struggle with like the timing and being a father of two and a full-time job and a husband and having friends and having, you know, different thing responsibilities and stuff. I finding the time to go to the gym is, is, is hard. I always make time for it because I know how I feel afterwards you know, like whether it's late at night, early in the morning or middle of the workday, whatever it is, like I'll find a way to get it done. So that's not really a challenge for me, but it definitely helps me a lot. Like my mental state after a solid gym session, no matter what type of workout it is, even if it's just like stretching yoga and, and like foam rolling and a sauna or something, just like whatever it is, I'm actively doing something physical for my health. And that makes me feel so good. Um, so that helps a lot. I've said it a million times, but meditating, there is a, an absolute data points that you can match up with my weight gain and whether I'm meditating or not and my weight loss and whether I'm meditating or not. Like when I am meditating daily, I am more successful in my weight loss journey. And I I just, because I'm more in tune with my body, I'm more in tune with my thoughts and making choices, uh, it just, because I'm just able to like cut cut through all the noise of everyday life and just really like think clearly. Um, so yeah, that helps a lot. And uh, you know, just putting it out there, I, I feel like that's always like that's why this whole journey started in the first place, and why I even started my Instagram in the first place was accountability. Um, and and putting my goals out there, no matter how big they were. Like when I I remember when I put out that I was going to run a marathon. You know, there were a lot of people that doubted me and, you know, rightfully so. I was still like I wasn't like that fit when I decided I was going to run a marathon. So it was very uh, it's just very helpful to, to write your goals down, put them up on your wall, see them every day, speak them into existence, put them out there for other people to hear and, and to help you hold you accountable. That to me has been invaluable uh, along along the way. No, I think that I think that makes sense. And another thing that that's come up for you along the way is you've started your own podcast. Yes. Yeah. T- take us into what where where that came from and what was your mission behind it, and and tell us a little bit about it. Um, the main like I just I felt so I used to make YouTube videos uh, all the time, 
it just I with with having our second child and me taking on a different uh, position, a, a different job with a little bit more responsibility. I was like, I have less time to dedicate to making these like, you know, I, I'm a so I'm a filmmaker by trade. And so I take pride in my videos and I like put a lot of work into them. And I spend a lot of time on the editing and the, the, the cinematography of them, which you could argue is a waste of time, but I really get enjoyment out of it. And so it's like, I'm going to, you know, I want to put out a quality product, but there, there came a time where it was like, okay, I can't dedicate the time to, you know, my YouTube channel like I used to, but my main purpose right now, one of my, my things that I'm most passionate about is getting people started and, you know, like getting their, their journey started because I felt like I just, you know, wasted a lot of time not chasing after the things that I wanted, not living a life that I was that I was proud of. And so it's like, you know, if I can put out any type of content to maybe stir something in someone to, to want something else from themselves. And it's not like, you know, I'm not gonna like, like I said, you can't, you can't make someone lose weight that doesn't want to. But if I could be a catalyst for them to try to, you know, take charge of their own life and be a leader in their own life and lose weight and, and by themselves and that's what I wanted to do and so I figured well if I did a, a podcast where I could just easily set something up in my office and I just turned it on and I just you know talk <laughs> for whatever 30 minutes 45 minutes whatever it is if I can just talk about my journey and talk about my feelings and my ups and downs and and my whys and my determination and and my struggles my my failures and successes like if I can just put that out there. Hopefully a couple people will listen and hopefully a, a couple of those people will actually start a weight loss journey and start attacking their, their goals and start trying to be the best version of themselves. And so that was really the mission behind the, the podcast was it was really my only way to create content and to, to stay connected with my community and to, to try to motivate people. So that's what I, I did because I, I had no time to do these other longer narrative style YouTube videos that I was doing. And so, uh, you know, it was a shift for my channel for sure, but I really actually enjoy doing the podcast. It is a, a little bit of a, of a therapy session for me at times where I'm just like, I, I, as I'm talking through, because I don't really plan anything. I, I have bullet points that I want to cover, but I don't like write things like down, like, you know, paragraphs of things I want to say or whatever. It's just kind of off the cuff. And so while I'm talking, I'm like discovering new things and new, new ideas and new ways that I feel about things and really like opening my eyes to like something that was maybe just in my subconscious that kind of came out on the podcast and was like, oh, wow, that's a different way of looking at it. Uh, and yeah, so I've, I've gotten a lot of enjoyment out of it and it's just been, uh, it's been awesome. And is there anything that stands out as a lesson you've learned since you've started doing it? Like something that did come from, you know, getting into doing the show. Um, it's, it's a, it's a positive and negative. The, the, the best thing about it is that I learned that so many other people have binge eating disorders. Because it was on the podcast where I really dove deep into what a binge looks like for me, what the, the type of lies that I would tell, the type of shady stuff that I was doing to be able to have these binge meals. Uh, you know, just I really d dive deep into 
that binge lifestyle of mine, that binge culture of mine or whatever, whatever it is. Um, and so like, it's a negative because like, wow, there's a lot of people out there that are suffering from this eating disorder. However, it does make me feel better that I'm not alone and that there are other people out there who also, by the way, this was the most surprising thing. A lot of people were like absolute athletes, like studs. And from their Instagram pictures, you would never assume they were suffering from a binge eating disorder because they're ripped and they look, you know, tremendous. So it's it also opened my eyes to that, that it's you don't have to, you know, be a 400 pound mass to to be a binge eater or, or to suffer from binge eating. So that, that was definitely one of the things that, that I kind of learned along the way. And I'm sure we could probably spend an hour trading trading horror stories of binge episodes and what they were, what they, how they got put together. And that might be a good, a good topic to have you come back and talk about. Cause I think it is something that it is one of those things when you do kind of get into sharing those details that you get the people resonating and saying, you know, again, it goes back to the, I, I think I said this 40 times already on this episode, but you know, I do that myself. Like, Oh wow. I see myself and what you're talking about. And, I exhibit those behaviors and you're working on those behaviors. Maybe that's something I can think about addressing and, you know, coming to that realization, I think is a hard thing for some people, but there's a real positive in being in knowing that you're not alone and that you're not the only person struggling with it. And you're not the only person that is feeling like you're in, in a real fight. You know, I think there's something really awesome about that. And so I appreciate you being out there sharing it and doing it. And, what, for anyone who wants to, to check it out, what is the name of the show? I don't think we get to that yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> probably it's, good. Uh, it's probably good they know. Finish. <laughs> Focus, fight, yeah, finish. Yeah, probably good. Pro- yeah. yeah, Focus, Fight, Finish on Instagram, mm-hmm. on YouTube, on iTunes, on Spotify. If you just look up Focus, Fight, Finish, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll find me. Yeah, and I'll definitely put links to that in the show notes for the episode for sure, man. And you answered one of my, my follow-up questions, which is going to be, how do people find you? And now they know. They know where to go to track you down, man. Oh. So Tony, Absolutely. in all that we've talked about today, like you, I, I appreciate you taking us into your story. Like, is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you really feel you want to be able to share with people that are listening? Um, I just, I guess, I guess, like, you know, when I was at my lowest point, when I, or you know, my highest weight, but my lowest mental point, I had this feeling of my life is worth nothing and I I am never going to change. And it just, it is what it is. And I am going to be fat forever. I'm going to be unhappy forever. I'm going to be depressed forever and I'm going to die early. And I think the biggest lesson or the biggest takeaway for someone listening to this would be that no matter how deep and dark you feel you're of a hole that you're in, no matter dark it is like you can always dig yourself out like there is nothing that you can't come back from except for death and so like just keep going just keep fighting whether you you make a hardcore change in a total 180 like i did or you take a very a much more slower paced approach whatever you think will fit you do that thing but do that thing like you can't just say you're going to do it you absolutely have to do it and and there is nothing that you can come back from so just just get started and and dig yourself out of that hole whether it's six feet deep or a hundred feet deep however deep you feel that hole is you can get out of it eventually no i think that's a great message and i think it's it's 
important for people to hear what you said and know that even when it feels like things can't change and when you feel trapped and you feel like there's no way out there, there is, you know, and it, it may take time to find it. It may take a lot of work to find it. It may be hard. It may take literal blood, sweat and tears, but there, there is a way and you really, in the end, got to find it for yourself. So what now I feel like my, my sentence isn't going where I wanted it to, but that happens all the time with my words know that it's a <laughs> know that you know know from your experience or my experience from the experience of every person that's been on this show that finding that finding that path is possible and keep that keep the hope alive that you can find it you know give yourself that gift give yourself that gift of of willingness to continue to fight you know be relentless and even if it feels like you take one step forward and two steps back and get knocked down at times know that there's the, the ability to get back up is still there as long as you're breathing, you know, every day, you know, I, I talk a lot about having done like gratitude journaling and, and using all kinds of journaling tools. And one of the things that I, I many times have said, I'm grateful for another day that I'm breathing because even if I feel like I'm behind in the fight, waking up means that I, I have another day to fight. I have another, you know, another 24 hours gifted to me to work on the things that I need to work on and to fight the battles I need to fight. So I appreciate you taking I appreciate you taking the time to to share that message with everyone who is listening and, and just really am grateful for that. Oh well man, thank you for inviting me on and thank you for having me to be able to to share that message. It's it's very important to me. Like I said, it's something I'm very passionate about. So thank you for lending me your platform mm -hmm. to to talk. You're very welcome, man. And I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Woohoo, let's do it. Okay, question number one, Tony. Tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Oh, damn, what a good question. My favorite fat guy would have to be Bernie Mac, dead. <laughs> I like that. Ber Bernie Mac, and he's dead. I like it. Um, but no. That's, <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't like it. I don't like it because he's dead. <laughs> that that now sounds awkward. Um, but no, that, he's, a, he's a great choice. I like it, man. Question number two, Tony, what is one lesson that being a fat guy taught you? Uh, you can never fully trust a chair. 100% mm. good Especially advice. Especially with four legs. Oof, mm. you got to be careful. You got to be always holding a little bit of your own weight on your legs just in case. 100% mm -hmm. echo that one, man. Question number three, Tony, say someone is listening to the show today who is in that place of wanting to get started, what is one concrete action they can take today to get themselves going? Get a piece of paper, write down five goals and five goals that you want to hit, and then write down five steps of how you're going to achieve those goals. Put them on your bathroom mirror, in your master bedroom, wherever you're going to see them every single morning. I don't care what it looks like with the other decor that you have. Tape that shit up on the wall and read it every single day. Whether you... Do those things or not that day, at least it is it is in your headspace for that day. These are the things that I should be doing today. And if you don't do them, at the end of the night, you're going to see that list again. And you're going to be like, damn it, I didn't do it today. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Love it. Question number four, Tony, tell us, what is one thing about yourself that you love? Oh, what a beautiful question, man. Um, I 
<laughs> I love, oh, this is so hard to say. I don't know why. You know, it's like that, that whole, like we were talking about that negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a hard question and it's why I ask it because I think too often, you, you know, we, we talk about things we need. You do this to me. We talk about things we need to change and we talk about things we do, you know, but just the idea of actually having to give yourself love, I, I think is important. Oh, listen, we're here at the end. Mm-hmm. I would let my guard down. I'm kicking back. I'm like spouting off goofy answers. And then you hit me with a question like this. How mm-hmm. dare you? How dare you, Gormy? Okay. That's what um, I do. What do I love about myself? Oh, shit. Now we're going to get real deep here. What mm-hmm. do I love about myself? Um, I No, I love my curiosity. I'm very curious. I love learning about new things, new pl- places, new cultures. Uh, I'm a documentary filmmaker, and so my curiosity has given me a career. My curiosity has given me some of my greatest friends in the world, and my curiosity is what has basically saved my life because without my curiosity of, of being like, well, what would happen if I actually dedicated myself 100% to this? that I, I would still be 400 pounds and probably near death. So, um, yeah, I love my curiosity. And I've never said this ever before in my whole life. So that's kind of crazy that it just came to me. But I'm actually really happy about that. That that actually makes me feel really good. And I like, yeah, thank you for asking me that question. Um, I don't think I've ever been asked that question well, in not, my adult life. Is and, that crazy? Well, now if someone asks you again... You know, another person asks, you have an answer ready. Wow. And you have a great answer. Thank you, man. For sure, man. For sure. And question number five, Tony, last one. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Oh, good one. Um, In the next year, I would really like to be uh, much closer to buying a house. <laughs> like, I... I, uh, my wife and I, that's a big goal for us. And so we're really, you know, working hard on trying to, to make that happen for our family. So, um, yeah, we'd really love to own a house, um, within the next year. I like it, man. So Tony, thank you again so much for coming on the show today for everything that we were able to talk about. I appreciate it. And like I said, everyone, I'm going to put Tony's contact information in the show notes. Please feel free to hit me up. I love talking to people. I love talking about their journey so i uh, don't feel like you'd be bothering me i would love to hear from you there we go and of course you and can, dude, thank you man of course man of course I'm, I'm glad we were able to make this happen and now that we have made it happen everyone don't forget you can also connect with me on instagram at gourmet goes keto on twitter at gourmet goes keto you can email the show at the fat guy forum at gmail.com all the things and then hey remember go out there do something today to amaze my, amaze yourself, my friends, because you are the most amazing people I know. And then come on back and catch us here on the very next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. Mm-hmm.